Are you feeling sentimental that this is our, our last time talking about new Decemberist music? Uh, no, no, not really. I don't really feel anything about this uh, EP. Here she comes. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to We Both Podcast Together, The Hazards of Loving the Decemberists. I'm still Pete Wissinger. I am still Matt Esner. Hmm. I wasn't sure if you would have changed your identity Sometimes over the last I week. Sometimes I wonder if, it's, if it would be better if I did. And this is our final episode of our chronological survey of the Decemberists. We are still going to do one more for... Uh, for this season, I suppose. But uh, we are today talking about an EP that I don't even remember this coming out. Uh, yeah, apparently it came out like, <laughs> so I'll Be Your Girl came out in January, which I don't remember it coming out in January. Uh, but then this came out the December that same year of 2018. Yeah, I think that I, I'm on their email list. So I think I got an email about it. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't on Spotify at the time, I don't think. So I was like, well, I'm not listening to that. Did it like spur you into action? Like as soon as you got that email, you're like, the time has come. It's kind of interesting. Like, you know, we might talk about this in our next episode, but like I feel currently like a very strong Decemberist fan, mm-hmm. right? Because I've been thinking about and listening to them a lot over the last couple of months. Yeah. Uh, December of 2018, I don't think I would have called myself a hardcore Decemberist follower. Right, yeah. So December of 2018, that's after we had seen them in concert for this (laughs) Which did not do much for my enthusiasm for the band. Didn't stoke the fires? (laughs) No. Um, So this EP is called Traveling On. It's, I think, leftovers from the recording sessions of uh, I'll Be Your Girl. Quick question. Do you remember, did we see the opener for them on this tour? I I was trying to remember that. If we did, but I couldn't, I couldn't think of it. We, we must have gotten there during or after the opener. Cause we definitely didn't sit through a whole opening set. Yeah. I, I don't think we did. I don't and since we bought the cheap, cheap tickets, I don't think we really cared. Right. You may have bought the tickets while the opener was still playing. <laughs> it's possible. I might've, yeah. Uh, I'm watching your cat do some acrobatics in the background and it's uh, highly entertaining. Yeah. Normally I put both of my cats in cat jail, but they were not getting along, so I mm. I decided to keep the one that was less likely to interrupt the recording by like walking over the keyboard. Okay, but I I had to choose the one that was going to be a little bit more <laughs> dynamic of a presence in the background. So I don't know. That's only going to be distracting for me, right? So I mean, unless you give a play by play to the listeners, which might be more interesting than talking about this EP. Wow. Here here's the thing I was thinking of today. Um, what percentage of bands do you think? release their leftovers. Oof. Because, like, not, they don't all do no, it. No, they don't. I mean, some of them save them and just, like, I'll, you know, they'll, they'll put them on an album later. But. Right, or, the, or they'll, like, wait until later in their career and do, like, a compilation of, like, unreleased songs, yeah. you know? But it's not like, as we go, we'll just release everything. Well, I remember, like, when I was a huge Weezer fan, when they re-released the Blue album with, like, a ton of B-sides and stuff, like, I was just stoked for it. Sure. Because that was stuff that just, like, it didn't exist anywhere else. Or maybe it did. But, like, having access to all these, like, um, just, like, you know, cast-offs and and things that weren't good enough for albums was, like, a huge deal. Right. And I think that, you know, that's kind of something, I think about, like, the Beatles anthologies, right? Mm. Which, like, they were sitting on all these songs and recordings. Yeah. Right. Um, but like the December is just like, you know, after they put an album a couple months later, they're like, eh, let's just throw out whatever else we had sitting right. on the back burner. 
Yeah, what, um, do, what do you think the why do you think they do that? Why don't you think they just um, save it for the next I assume it's because album? they know that their fans are interested, right? They have a, a loyal following who is clamoring for it. Yeah, but they don't um, owe us anything. And I think they know they don't owe us anything. Sure, especially earlier in their career when they were putting out an album a year. Yeah. Like it's not like they needed to fill the time. Right. Um I don't know. Maybe that's just Maybe they maybe just don't want to save it. Maybe Colin just like gets attached to all of his songs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because um, you got to imagine it's tough to like put a lot of work into a song, um, you know, writing it and recording it and then just being like, nope, no one's ever going to hear this. I'm right. sure some artists only want people to hear their best work. Yeah. Um, whereas other artists, maybe Colin is like, you know, like, I put a lot of work into this. Like it's not on an album, but like, we'll throw it out there and see what people think. Yeah. No, I say, we'll see what people think, but, uh, this, this EP made, made no splash whatsoever. Uh, Uh, certainly (laughs) did not, (laughs) you know, I don't know about you, but this is one of the like most like straightforward collection of generic pop songs. The band has put out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess we can just start digging in. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, it's a five-track EP. Let's just say that it's a five-track EP. But of those five tracks, one of them is one of them is a repeat <laughs> of the worst yeah, song so on Alvi. I had Girl. never, I had never even attempted to listen to this EP before, uh, before this week or last week, whenever I was doing the show prep. When I saw the track list, I was <laughs> furious. I was like, of all the songs to of, give us an alternate oh, take. Yeah. Of. Um. You know, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I've, I've since like calmed down a little bit about it, but yeah. Well, we'll see when we get to it, but right. uh, yeah, we've got a, a five-song EP, and and it's kind of interesting because really none of these songs sound like what ended up on the album. Uh, I would say. Uh, I, I think I think that, that we can well, we can argue about that as we go. Well, I guess none of them are fitting in with that first three-track thesis of the album, right? Um, they they didn't leave any synth out, but I will say, I will say you are, you are a hundred percent correct about track one down on the knuckle. What is up with this song? Uh, it kind of reminds me of early Bell and Sebastian. Um, I'm going to say that about a different song. Oh, maybe this is their, maybe this is their Bell and Sebastian homage EP. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, down on the knuckle is this kind of, it's a little bit more of like, uh, it's a little more on the, of the rock side of things. Then we didn't really end up with anything this rocky on the album. I don't think. No, certainly not. You know, the, the, it's interesting. The song that this kind of reminds me of the most is, uh, and I think it's better than that song, is um, the kind of punky song on the Flora Songs EP. Mm. What was that one called? I have no idea. All We've of those already songs forgotten Flora Songs completely. Uh, anyway, yeah, this this is I don't know another thing that I could I think I would use as a descriptor for this song is this kind of like power pop. Sure. A little bit. It's got some driving guitars. It's got some, you know, some kicking drums. Like it's, it's really like moving. Like it's got some, it's got some momentum to it that, 
you know, a lot of their songs, especially on the last album, didn't have. Yeah, I kind of like the vocal hook in the lyrics. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely got this kind of like driving rock guitar going that is fine. But there's really kind of nothing interesting going on in this song. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really sure what the lyrics about either. I don't know what the knuckle is necessarily. It, yeah, I don't. I don't know about this album or this EP. Um, <laughs> do you think this was uh, not political enough? Do you think that's why it didn't oh, make the cut? Yeah, it's, that's true. It's there's not, not it's any political song. There's not any uh, neoliberal messaging on I think any of these songs. So yeah. yeah, this seems like it's something about like a family going somewhere for summer vacation. Yeah, could be. You really put no effort into paying attention to the lyrics of this song. Uh, I mean, as little as I normally do for this EP, I would say I put even less effort in paying attention to the lyrics. <laughs> uh, it's kind of. I think that the Decemberists tend to front load their releases, but I think that the back end of this is much stronger than the front end. Yeah, for sure. Truth be told, though, I could have. I could have seen this being put on LBR girl like there's no reason why this couldn't have been on lb or girl like do you think this song would have helped it at all no but i feel like in <laughs> general lb or girl isn't like it's not like a strong enough um it, it doesn't have enough like cohesive uh sort of sonic that's true uh i don't know material that this once you hit the place. middle of that album right um but uh there's nothing on ability or girl that's that's this much of a rock song yeah Right. So this would stand out on the album in that way, at least. Yeah. But it's not a good enough, like, up-tempo song that I would, like, pay attention to. It's not like a July July, which is up-tempo and fun to listen to. All right. Track two. I Will Not Say Your Name. This is my least favorite song on this EP. Is it? I mean, it's a race to the bottom for least favorite song on this EP. Uh, Here's something I've noticed is that once they hit Beautiful World, Terrible World, they seem to have trouble knowing when to end songs. Mm. This song is a slog. It's six minutes and 43 seconds long. I remember one time being like, this song must be almost over. And there was still two minutes left on the song. Like It's like a, it's like a, like, um, it's almost jam bandy in its construction. Agreed. But just not like it doesn't like have the sort of virtuosic um, no. playing to to be a jam band song. In fact, the the problem with this being a jammy song is that it's so repetitive. Right. Like that little simple guitar riff is the exact same the whole time. The only thing I will say about the song that I, I dig is I love that that keyboard sound. It's like an electric piano sound. Yeah. It's kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. I'm it with pops you on up that. In a lot of songs I really like. I have a theory about these theory? kind of jammy songs because there's also some of this on Beautiful World, Terrible World. Mm-hmm. So I think it's because they covered that dead song. I thought the exact same thing. <laughs> like I thought that they've been infected and yeah. they have not yet shaken the infection. Um, so actually, Matt, looking at Genius.com, it's saying that some of the lyrics are pretty clear allusions to Trump and the rich and powerful in general and about how they will eventually get their comeuppance. Your time has come. And when it comes, oh, what a happy day. So. Okay. So now you love this song, right? I mean, if they, if they would have written this song, you know, 10 years ago, I don't think that would have had the same. No, no one on genius would be saying it's about Trump. 
Well, there's not a lot of lyrics in this song. Uh, there are, I mean, it's there's not a whole lot to it. And in fact, two of the verses are the same, pretty much. Yeah. So, like, it is just such a repetitive song. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's some kind of a lazy guitar going on. I mean, lazy might be... It's it's like a slow hand kind of guitar. It's not like Well, do you know lazy. what this song kind of feels like it needs is they're sort of like uh they could have just made this more of a metal song and it would have been a little bit better. Yeah. Right. They could have they could have just pumped up that guitar riff and they could have done like a sludgy metal kind of thing with this song. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it's sludgy minus the guitars. Like the guitars aren't quite sludgy enough. I don't know. It's well, well, I can tell just how unenthused you are about this EP, Matt. Man. Like, like it seems like it's draining energy from you just to talk about it. It's tough. Like, I tried so hard to get into this EP. <laughs> I tried to give it a fair shake, but like, how many times I'm, did you listen to it front to back without skipping the ends of any songs? Uh, probably like four or five times. But it was but, tough. Yeah, like, and it's. I mean, you're not wrong when you say that this album is back or this EP is backloaded because like the, that is the bright, so, the bright spot of this EP is that it gets better as you go along. I think we've hit the low point here, which is it's saying something because the <laughs> next song is, is a, uh, is a holdover from the previous album. So this is the quote full band version of tripping along. Thank God they didn't put this version on the album. <laughs> so here's here's the thing, and I don't know if it's just because of the previous two songs, but I actually like this version more than the other version in the oh, context there's all kinds of, of this weird. EP. There's so all these kinds of weird production choices on this it's, version. I don't like, know. Like there's they got like some some vocal echoes going on. It's and like some like weird distorted singing and. Uh, I will say one thing I will say for this version of tripping along. First of all, it's weird that this is called the full band version, considering the other take is also a full band version of the song. Yeah. Um, but at the near the end of this, uh, this one, they actually throw a little bit of synth in, which right, I kind of yeah. like. Yeah. Um, and if they'd taken that throughout the whole song, I actually think it wouldn't be, they would at least give me something interesting to, to key into. Yeah. Well, one one thing that's kind of interesting about this version of the song is it shows you that the band isn't just like the when they when they make a song for an album, they're not just like moving forward and like adding more instruments and stuff and being like, well, if we just keep piling instruments on it, it'll get better. Or you know, the 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 version that ended up on the album is more stripped down. It's not better per se, but it's it definitely is. like. This it thing is way sh- overproduced, I like way there's like, uh, speaking of which though, it's kind of interesting. In one of the interviews I read with Colin, he talked about beginning song, mm-hmm. which I think is amazing. Yeah. I um, like he that said song. that song went through a lot of revisions and he said the version that worked the best was just him with a guitar playing it solo mm-hmm. and their production goal became, how do we do a full band version that sounds as close to just me playing it with a guitar as we can? Huh. That's interesting. So, like, they they do, like, you know, throw alternate takes of songs here and there. Yeah. We don't always hear them, though. 
Right. Um, there was the uh, the other time I can think of this is when they did the the two version of Days of Elaine on the single oh, yeah. series. Um, they just threw both of them on the single. Well, they've done that before. They also did that with uh, Bandit Queen. Oh, that's true. With tap, tap dancing, dancing and no tap dancing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think um, that's what this out. This song is missing some tap dancing. I feel like that's probably what would have during the it. the la da di da extended part. Throw some yeah, tap dancing. A little in soft there. shoe. Just a little, little uh, kick heel chain thing. Anyway, so these first three songs, none of them should be on the album. So, yeah. like, good job cutting these. Well out. done. Well Dude, done. What, what if in the middle of that song, in the middle of that album, they had thrown "I Will Not Say Your Name" on there? Ugh. Like between Star Watcher and Tripping Along, imagine that six-minute behemoth yeah. was on there. Yeah. Like all three of these songs, I think would have made well. Down on the knuckle would have been neutral. Down on the knuckle's think, fine. Yeah. It would have been inoffensive. I will not say her name and Tripping Along would have dragged "I'll Be Your Girl" down into the depths of almost unsalvageable. <laughs> However, I think either of these next two songs would have helped I'll Be Your Girl. So track four is is uh it's a it's a jaunty little number. Very called Midlist Author. Alright, so I've got a lot of thoughts about this song. Is this the one that you think sounds like Bell and Sebastian? It does. I think this sounds like mid-career Bell and Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Like, like this could be on, no, no, no. Okay, I think this could be on no, Dear Catastrophe Waitress. Yeah. Um, but this also, I think you could change nothing except who is singing it, and it would be an early solo Ben Folds song. Oh, yeah. Like, even the the, the melody is very Ben Folds. Now, I think it, it's in part it's because it's a it's a piano pop song. But I think that that it sounds very Ben Folds to me, not just yeah. because of the piano. It's kind of like a, a nice, like, sort of sad story kind of song that Ben Folds was, uh, yes. was kind of a stock and trade for a while. My other thought about this song is Kamaloy was like, you know who really likes our music? NPR listeners. So <laughs> let's let's throw one out there for the NPR crowd. Just uh, straight down the middle for uh, All Things Considered. I mean, this totally is NPR ready, right? Yeah, I feel like they were like, oh, if this doesn't get played as a bumper... Uh, while they're going into book reviews or something, then I don't know what we're doing. You know, I guess it, it was only a matter of time before Colin wrote a song where he could like talk about how he, you know, knows about the literary world too. Yeah. Um, but I like this song. It's fine. Like, I mean, it's definitely, uh, I don't know if I'll, I'll come back to it when I'm not listening to this EP, but if it came up on a mix, I'd be all right with that. It doesn't sound like any of their other songs. Like it is, one of the most like straightforward piano pop songs in their catalog. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's almost a throwback to older Decemberists, but it's not specific enough. Yeah. I would say if anything, it kind of reminds me of Billy Lyre a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's got the piano like Billy Lyre, like sort of, you know, bump, 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 bump kind of piano. Right. But it's, it's telling the story about what it's like to be a sort of unknown author. Yeah. Do you are so, you uh are you reading anything uh, interesting recently? I'm mostly reading comic books right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm kind of working my way through um uh a Civil War book here and there. Me too. But I'm not, what are you reading? Uh it's the Shelby Foot Civil War trilogy. Okay. 
Mine is uh, Battle Cry of Freedom. Mm, what's that one? Uh, it's just like, it's a single volume Civil War history um, by James McPherson. Huh. Nice. Um, is that his name? Yes, James Maybe. McPherson. I, I haven't, I've only made it through the first chapter, but it's it's like super thick. Yeah. Um, it's got almost 1,200 five-star reviews on Amazon. Wow, so. that's pretty good. Um, anyway, mid-list author. This one's pretty good. Yeah. Like, I think this would have helped the album. For sure. Um, it's very straightforward, which maybe would make it kind of stand out on the album. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I could, you, you put this... You put this before, before Rasalka, maybe? Like, yeah. It's not like a you don't open up your album with it, but it's a good, it's definitely a good album cut kind of track. For sure. Do you hear the Ben Folds in it? Uh, I could see that. Do you think more Ben Folds or more Bell and Sebastian? I would say more Bell and Sebastian. Because this is very, I think this, this could easily fit in with some of their catalog. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, this one doesn't offend me. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty tight pop song. I agreed. And then I think that this EP ends pretty strong. Yeah, they close it out on a high note with uh, track five, Traveling On. Boys and this song's pretty cool. Yeah, I like this song a lot. Um, it also has a very kind of like different production quality from what I'm used to hearing from the band. Mm-hmm. I almost get like a, not really like a classic rock vibe, but it's the closest thing to almost like like a dad rock song from See, the band. I was going to say like a 90s alternative kind okay. of vibe. Like a, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't sound like a Collective Soul song, but like something that would get, if you made a Collective Soul playlist or a radio station on pandora it would pull a song like this this could be a this could be a a radio play song i agree honestly like i think this is a this is one of their more solid and uh kind of approachable tracks and it's and it's broad in its themes you know kind of like about being tired from traveling so much Mm -hmm. i think it's about touring as a band yeah it's got a lot of it's got a lot of like you could ascribe a lot of meanings to it yeah there's some nice, like, there's some accordion in there. Mm-hmm. That's some wishful thinking that your cat would not get up on your keyboard. Uh, well, Bo doesn't actually, Bo isn't going to step on the keyboard. He's just going to walk between the keyboard and the computer. Oh, okay. So is this your favorite on the EP? Yeah, yeah. It's not like a song I get excited about, but I, I, I enjoy the craftsmanship of it. It does feel like a road trip song, too. Sure. Like It's nice. It's got kind of a melancholy to it. Like, it's not like an overtly, like happy song where would you throw this on the album mm, that's a good question maybe this like is, between rusalka and i'll be your girl yeah maybe i just i i said it so many times in the last episode but i just don't think i don't think i'll be your girl ends well i think i'll be your girl is a good song that song but i think the album lacks a banger at the end and this a wouldn't what? this wouldn't really take the place of that of what's the what's the album listening missing it's it's missing, it's missing a boner. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Not enough boners. It's missing a boner right at the end. Uh, I'm really glad that that 
bit from Kaylin came in our last episode because I totally would have overused that throughout this entire podcast yeah. As, a, yeah. as a gag. Right. Like, I don't have enough time to abuse Yeah, fortunately, that. we won't be able to wear it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm going to use it in my everyday language, though, Good. outside of this podcast. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think enough people out in, in, in the world are familiar with the podcast that they'll just get that reference. They'll know right, that it's a yeah. reference to this. They'll be like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. My students think it's hilarious. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Talking about boners with your students really goes up right. super well. So how would you, what, what do you think of this collection of songs compared to Flora songs? I actually like Flora songs a lot more than this. Really? I think they're both s- super bland. Well, in terms of EPs, uh, their EP game isn't super strong, well, since, and, so, unless you count the Tain as an EP. Right, that's what the, I was going to say, the Tain. But maybe right now we should talk about ranking EPs, since this is the last EP episode. Yeah, let's do, we can go ahead and, and do that now on the fly, since we're, <laughs> we don't really have a lot else going on in this episode. Because, I mean, not, well, to, he, not to break your heart, but Pitchfork didn't even review this, this EP, <laughs> so we can't even do our... Our segment. Not only does the pitchfork not um, like the Decemberists, they don't even give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say something com- comforting is that in one thing I saw Collins said, you know, as far as what the band's future is, um, is he said that a lot of times with the band, whatever the last song they wrote and recorded is, is kind of like ends up being sort of where they end up going in the future. And the last song written and recorded for I'll Be Your Girl was Rusaka. Okay. Which is the the most ideal yeah, direction. I was, af- I was afraid it might have been tripping along. If that was the case, then... <laughs> no, because they've never done an album that is all long songs. No. And I think that would be pretty cool. It would be cool. Just do like a five-song yeah, album. The next, yeah, the next album's like a five-song. Like it'd be like a Yes album. That's what Yes albums are like, where it's like yeah, five songs. Yeah, I'd be into that. So. They should do that. I agree. Colin, are you listening? Move forward with this idea. He's back in. I think he probably he probably stopped listening around uh, probably around that we all raise our voices episode, but I think he probably came back in for the last. We couple. were pretty hard on that live album. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so it, you know, if we're ranking the EPs, let's do it. Let's we can do this. Coll- we can do this collaboratively. I think sure. we're gonna we're gonna rank albums competitively. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, um, well, let's start at the bottom. But, I think that's that's the way. That's the only way you do it. Okay. So starting from the bottom. I mean, I I would say you can make a pretty strong case that that Picarescides might be the worst. It is it it feels like the least significant, the least essential. There's just not there's not a lot there. It really feels like castaways. Yeah. Um because, castaways is in like castoffs or at like Yes. Like right. like because you know, with their later sort of um B-sides EPs they're fully produced songs. Yeah. Right. That was not the case with Picarescides. For sure. Like, how often do you get to hanker and to listen to Constantinople or Kingdom of Spain? Right. Any The only song on that one I ever, like, come back to a lot would be Bandit Queen, just because I, I love the sort of ridiculousness of it. I like the Joanna Newsom cover. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our that's our bottom. That's, that's our bottom. That's, that's the bottom. Um... Right, After, so. you know, next up, personally, um, it's either going to be Flora songs or Traveling On. Honestly, I don't care for either of them. <laughs> um, I would say, I would, I mean, I've already said that I like Flora songs better. So yeah. if we have to pick so one. So what is it about Flora songs? You Is it, you really liked 
Harrowed and the Haunted. A I like lot. Harrowed and Haunted. I really like Why Would I Now. Okay. Uh, and there's I like no States standouts. Too. So there's just no there's no standouts like that on this. Yeah, I mean, both both EPs have their problems, but I think because there's three songs on on uh, Traveling On that I actively dislike, <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna make that the second worst. No, I don't know about you, but I like Long Live the King better than both of these that we're discussing. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think either of them deserve to be out of like the bottom three. So let's let's go ahead and put Floor Songs right above uh, Picaresquities. Uh, well, yeah, Floor Songs. No, I would put. Oh, yeah, oh, sorry. Picaresquities, traveling on Flora Songs. Songs. There we go. Yeah, that's. And then next up for me would be Long Live the King. Yeah. Which I actually like. I like this that EP. Um, yeah, I think that E. Watson is as strong as anything that made it onto King is Dead. Right. I think at this point we've gotten to EPs that are that are good, that we like. Yeah. So really it comes down to what is the better EP, Five Songs or The Tane? Well, you're forgetting The Bridesmaids. Oh, yeah. I would That's put fair. Them, I would definitely put them above Long Live the King. I agree. Um, I think that Days of Elaine, like how is that not on an album? Not yeah. Days of Elaine, I mean. Uh, Valerie Plame. I like, I like right. both of those songs. Right. And Raincoat Song, Raincoat Record Year for Rainfall. But the... So, yeah. So, I think Long Live the King, and then after that would be Always a Bridesmaid. I think the Billy Liar EP is probably one of my favorites. There's only two extra songs. I didn't even count that. Well, I think all the tracks <laughs> on there are really good, though. So it's, it, I mean, sure. Just Sunshine and Everything I Try to Do are, are both great songs. Both Stone Cold Classics. Those are both ones I would consider putting on a greatest hits. I've already started my greatest hits. Whoa. Hey, now. Mm. Uh, um, so then it just, it leaves. Uh, so what's better, five, five songs or the Tane? Because I think that those are both better than some of their albums. Uh, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Um, I think personally, Tane is number one, Five Songs is number two. I would flip them, but either way, like you're getting you're getting great, you're getting a great experience. So honestly, what this tells us about the band is that they've gotten worse. <laughs> uh, it kind of does seem that way, based on our um, a completely how, subjective. <laughs> to be fair, the Tane and Five Songs are the only ones of these that are not basically. Things that were deemed not album worthy. That's true. They both exist in the form that they are deliberately, as opposed to right. as a form of editing. Yes. So I think that that is already going to put them probably at a higher bar because they were not cast offs. Right. But, you know, this is a band that really holds on to the tradition of the EP. Yeah. They're probably going to keep doing this. Hopefully. Yeah. So. Traveling on as their most recent release. I listened to it because I hadn't before in preparation of this podcast. And uh I might not really listen to it much yeah. again. It's it's unfortunate. Still like traveling on. That's a good song. Sure. So uh we have one more episode in this season uh coming up. So as we've as we've alluded to many times, uh it's gonna be our ranking episode. Uh, and then kind of kind of wrapping it up, I guess, for a little bit at least. Yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna do some like maybe some personal statements and reflections. Yeah, some 
some diatribes, some... Yeah, if any members of the band want to call in yeah, for that recording session, just... Share their appreciation with us for what we've done for the band. <laughs> I think we should probably try and get uh, Ezra Holbrook on here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that would be appropriate. I think that's who the fans are missing. Yeah, I think really he's probably the most important member of the band, I would say. Yeah. What if we just got Ezra Holbrook and Rachel Bloomberg to come on and talk about the Decembers? I wonder if they have any dirt. Yeah, that'd be great. We don't have a lot of dirt on the on the band. They're not like a super like scandalous uh, act. No. I think the biggest be- personal news out of the band is like illness. Right. <laughs> um, and then occasionally someone will write a book. Yep. That's that's uh, about it. Not no tell-alls. No tell-alls. No, right. So next next episode we'll do album rankings. Top 10 tracks and personal statements. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds so ominous. Closing arguments. <laughs> Matt will reveal whether or not he is a Decemberist fan or not yeah. in our next episode. And I will be doing a, a moving rendition of One Last Time from the musical Hamilton. In the style of the Decemberists, though. Yeah, I'm going to play concertino while I sing it. Good, good. Uh, well, I guess that's it then, right? Yeah. We don't really have anything to plug. I mean, we no. still have a Twitter page that I never update, so you can follow it if you want. What's the yeah. worst that could happen? Yeah. Okay, then. Uh, well. This is going to be the hardest one we've ever done, because I literally can't remember anything about these EPs. Oh, for the send-off? For the send-off. Oh, I got it. Oh, Till right. next time, we'll be tripping, tripping, <laughs> tripping. Dripping a log. Oh, good. Highlight, highlight. Good, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Why don't you tell me some lyrics from uh, from midlist author Matt? Uh, something about never the worst, but you're ne- never the best, but you're never the worst. That's mm, in there. That's actually a pretty good description of us as a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there there could conceivably be a worse Decemberist based podcast. Oh, absolutely! Like by actual Decemberist fans. Yeah, by, by people like the man. <laughs> because i think that we share kamaloi's obvious disdain for his own fan base yeah yeah or at least our imagination of what those people are because we don't know any of them we don't know i've never met one we're the most hardcore decimbers fans we know and we fucking hate them (laughs) they're the ultimate hipster band because we like if you're a hipster, you hate other hipsters. And if you're a That's hipster, true. if you like a hipster band, you would definitely hate their fans. Yeah. This is the longest cold closing we've had. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll do another one. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, till next time, we're traveling on and it won't be long. It's, it's true. It'll hopefully only be a week <laughs> unless yeah. something catastrophic happens. Yeah. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.